what I need more Wawa. Okay, this is. I will. This get me through an hour of podcasting. No. You're right. There you go. We're recording. I'm gonna say something for the record while I'm out. All right. Jenry has left the room, going to get some water. So it's just me and the listener. It's pretty fun here being all alone. Before I came to the podcast, I was making some pizza. It's a pizza dough. I'm having pizza on Friday. Water, fresh and, out um, of the sink oh, for my podcasting ability. It makes me stronger the more lime scales in it. That's the thing about Lexington water. Is it's just so water. hard. It's so good. I love how hard this water is. This water is throbbing hard. I hate that. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Hit it. All right. You guys are listening to Lame. That is the Lexington Archaeopteryx Marxist Experience. Today is January 19th, 2021. And this is a current events podcast from a urban geography perspective and a materialist perspective. And um, uh, yeah, we're here today. Uh, you guys can follow us on Twitter. We are uh, at BlamePod on Twitter. And uh, you can email us at uh, LexLamePod at gmail.com if you have any comments, questions, concerns, feedback, death threats, uh, giveaways, uh, Nigerian prince schemes, um, and just to chat if you want to do that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're, we're available on those platforms and links for those are in the description. Mm-hmm. May I ask what our A word was today? Archaeopteryx. Uh, it's a, it's an old, well, I guess they're all old. It's a type of dinosaur, uh, sometimes referred to by its German name, uh, or Vogel, meaning original bird or first bird. It is a genus of bird-like dinosaurs. Okay. They're kind of like, uh, wicked... Uh, they're wicked dinosaurs. Here, check this out. Okay, they're they're the missing link between the dinosaurs and the birds. Is yes. what we're hearing. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, however, <laughs> once again, this is not a podcast about nerd stuff. This is a podcast about local politics and public transit, um, <laughs> which is the two famously non-nerdy things that no one with any special interest would share with they're us. completely parallel to each other they don't yeah, intersect it, never if honestly i public transit is something that only um it is a it is a uh, strict academic interest that no one takes any personal pleasure or enjoyment from learning about um which is why we had to create this podcast to convince you that um there's only two people that care about lextran and it's apparently us <laughs> um but we're not talking about lextran today um, I'm actually starting this uh, this podcast on a little bit like I'm at risk of making me irrationally angry for the rest of the podcast. Um, we're going to be talking about um, the uh, the I believe what day it was a few days ago. I need to get my dates correct. This was on the 14th, which is the um, same day that the city council meeting happened, um, which we I will be spending a lot of my time bringing you all through the city council the infamous city council meeting well i mean i honestly if that's the Huge case, dramatic music every every pot every city council meeting might as well be infamous um for the kind of crimes that they commit on a regular basis that's um, the t the number one crime they're committing is of course that mayor linda gorton insists that she does not neither she nor the council have the legal authority 
to suspend evictions following the um, January 31st um, uh, deadline where um, the CDC uh, moratorium on evictions will um, be lifted. Um, and to uh, to be very, very brief, um, before we get to the actual reporting, I will say this, Mayor Gordon, if you are listening, literally the CDC put the eviction on. If the CDC can put a moratorium on evictions, then literally anyone can. What is... In, for, for everyone that works in government or thinks about working in government or thinks of running for podcasts, if you get anything from this podcast, it must be if your government cannot protect people from landlords, then your government has no purpose to exist. And when the people who you could not protect from landlords come to eat you alive, you cannot be shocked. Um, if you are willing to take this sort of burden, if you're the psychopath, that is willing to convince themselves that there is simply no legal avenue for a literal government, the people who build roads and stuff, th things that no one else can do, um, simply can't stop a few landlords from, you know, just making people homeless, um, then you're a monster. And I know we're throwing away possible very... Um, you know, being mean to po being mean to local politicians on a local no, we can be podcast. mean to local politicians. They Indeed. deserve it. Well, yeah, this is this is really, and this is why I wanted to do it first because I didn't want to go into this Lexington uh, this council meeting recap um, with any nice feeling towards any city councilor um, because I have not seen, I did not see at this uh, council meeting anyone bring up the fact that the moratorium is ending, and nor did I see any council member make any attempt to say something. Um, at the actual council meeting um, about this. Um, these people are complicit in murder. You heard it here first, folks. They do not care about you. Um, we must eat them alive. Um, but for the meantime, we will just silently report on them. All right, folks. Lexington DSA Tenants Union. Make mm -hmm. sure you join. That's yeah. lexdsa.org slash lexington-tenants-union. Mm -hmm. uh, organize, folks. Get your building in there. And this obviously... Um, as we were seeing demonstrated, you need to do more than simply just drive a car parade past Mayor Gordon's house. You need to take Mayor Gordon's house away. Um, uh, for those, for, for the, for our legal team, our crack legal team listening to this, I am not actually, um, uh, inciting any action against the housing of any of our city leaders. However, it would be awfully funny, wouldn't it? For legal purposes, this God, this podcast is purely comedic. Yeah, we do this. We do this for fun and jokes, and we actually um, don't care about people at all. Which is why, which is why it's so funny to us to pretend like we deeply care about if people go homeless or not, simply because of twelve people that sit in a room and do nothing but vote unanimously on like <laughs> rezoning stuff. Simply don't have the guts to you know take a stand for anyone. Um, but we're deeply. <laughs> I mean, we're deeply off kilter here, so that's yes. well. The the M in lame is now changed to Maoist. No, I, I can't. <laughs> just just because every single landlord should be shot and killed does not make us Maoist. <laughs> and if you're a landlord listening to this, um, uh, I heavily encourage you, especially if you're a landlord living in Lexington. It's very popular to actually do this. I implore you to read the the New Testament of the Christian Bible. I think you might find some very useful things about which level of hell you'll go to for continuing to just make money by owning property. Um, but neither here nor there, ladies and gentlemen. Um, the uh, 
all we got to know is that this car parade protest, um, unfortunately, did uh, very little things. Um, our, uh, meanwhile, our neighbors in Louisville, uh, Governor Greg Fisher, went as far to post an opinion article. Um, and this was in December, but it was quoted by the Herald Leader, so I want to call it to attention should any um, uh, Louisvilleites uh, hear about this. Um, this guy, Greg Fisher, fun fact, Mayor Greg Fisher is the president of the U.S. Conferences of Mayors, and even he wants to sit and do nothing. Um, in fact, in this opinion article, he, I, and I kid you not, this is so horrible, I urge Louisville residents to call their U.S. senators and congressmen about the need to extend the federal moratorium. This is nothing. Um, this is simply nothing. You are my local representative. Um, I do not need to call my other representatives, <laughs> um, who are notably Mitch McConnell and oh, Rand God, Paul. Yeah, Rand, Mitch McConnell. I'm and, trying to uh, think. Um, who's Josh districts? Hicks. Josh Hicks did not win. Oh, Andy Barr. Andy Barr. Yeah, <laughs> I'll see if Andy Barr can help me. It's, um, he's Josh Hicks in my mind. I can. I can hope. Mind. It's really funny. Josh Hicks, as soon as he lost this election, went right back to just advertising for his private law firm. <laughs> so there's like all these like photos of Josh Hicks tied to his you know law firm or whatever. Well, I know the um, I know the uh, co- the president elect Kamala Harris uh, is going to be uh, issuing some kind of a an eviction moratorium. Um, Gee, thanks. Um, well, if that is the case, I guess that will be a solution that works. Um, that's part of their that's part of their 1.9 trillion dollar COVID plan, but that's also not in the scope of Lexington. So, indeed, indeed, that is another thing that is sort of off um, out of our out of our ball field because um, it doesn't the at the end of the day it doesn't actually is for from a philosophical standpoint it doesn't matter that we're going to be getting um, you know it doesn't matter entirely that we're actually getting these uh, moratoriums you know you know re you know, brought back by a different federal administration. What matters is that there is an opportunity for our local government to act, and they simply told us that they would rather see us die. Um, and we cannot forget this great crime um, that was committed. You got to remember in November and organize, folks. Remember in November, um, the Lexington city polit- uh, the mayoralship position and the city council positions are nonpartisan positions. There is no... Um, but but they're a Republican, but they're Democrat partisan nonsense to it. You can simply run on issues that people care about, um, and this could be one of them. Um, for anyone thinking about running, you only have to be like 18 to run for city council. The restrictions are very slim. Um, for anyone out there who feels like getting radicalized by a dumb podcast like ours. Um, <laughs> anyway, we have a, I have a lot on my plate for city council, so we'll leave it on that. Um, and we'll, we'll transition into this, uh, meeting that happened later that same day. Um, the first city council meeting of 2021. Um, we have, uh, two new, uh, well, we have four new faces, but we haven't talked about two of them because I was kind of overwhelmed last episode with some, trying to get to some other stuff. So I sort of cast these two other people, uh, the new district six representative and the district nine representative. Um, but I shouldn't have because, uh, it's funny. Um, First off, District 6, David Kloiber um, is the guy who won that position. Um, and that is the uh, northeast of Lexington, notably not uh, only the outside of New Circle. So, you know, take that take that for what you will. 
Um, when you go to his bio um, on the official government website, you'll see such buzzwords like tradition and fiscal responsibility and working together. But you will see the ultimate sin of all is that, of course, he comes from my alma mater, the Lexington Catholic High School, um, which notably, as far as the world of um, uh, politics is concerned, um, with the sort of face that that guy has, only produces psychopaths. That should immediately disqualify you for holding any public office. Yeah, I will, listen, if, um, I will have to take the L on disqualifying myself if it means we can stop um, private school brats like David Kloiber from uh, being elected to city council. Um, because fiscal responsibility is um, useless when people are dying, David. Anyway, um, then this is a real a real classic one. District 9, which is the, um, once again, outside of the circle, um, uh, south uh, southwest neighborhood, um, notably Stonewall, which is, of course, every, named after everyone in Kentucky's favorite Civil War Confederate general. Um, but neither here nor there. Uh, this is Whitney Bask. Oh God, Whitney Baxter. She is a real estate agent. Ding, 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 ding. Um, the real estate people have won another seat in city council. God. Their numbers grow. And um, the main buzzword that I got from uh, her bio was uh, traffic concerns in the south of Lexington. And I'm worried. I'm worried, Aaron. I'm worried that the solutions that she might propose to these traffic concerns for a suburban district that she represents somehow won't be public transit. Um, more lanes. More lanes. More lanes. We're going to get self-driving cars. Um, Uber. We're, we're, yeah, we're going to Uber everything, and that will solve it. Uber vouchers for everyone. Yeah. And, of course, if you listen to this podcast, um, we honestly – um, in the interest of time, don't need to explain why everything we just listed were bad ideas because you already know and could probably explain it better than us why Uber um, is no good from a lo purely logistical standpoint. Um, notably, I do have to say, because um, the other two people were um, our candidates, which we watched very closely, Liz Sheehan, who overthrew Bill Farmer and the Farmer Nation Represent. Um, of District 5, and Hannah Legree, who... Um, Rose uh, to fill the void left by Jake Gibbs in District 3. May he rest and in peace. May he rest in peace indeed. Um, however, Legree is quickly shaping up to be a sort of enemy of mine solely because <laughs> she is on the board of Civic Lex, um, who uh, are directly competing for the eyes and ears of um, our listeners for uh, news and current events. <laughs> It's not a it's not a good look. Although uh, you know we have state sponsored propaganda, and then we have you know organic citizen propaganda. Yeah, our propaganda is better simply because we have better values. <laughs> and this is what we'll say: never assume that what we're giving you is unbiased, because obviously uh, that simply isn't true. It's in um, the name. It's in the name, guys. It's in the. It's literally in the name. You know what you signed up you for. You know what you signed up for. If you're listening to the third episode in, you definitely know what you've signed up for. Um, and if this is your first episode, welcome. 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 Um, it, not only is this podcast propaganda, but everything you read is propaganda. Don't get so hung up about it. It's a neutral term. You are not opinion. immune to propaganda. You're not immune to propaganda. It is a, it is a neutral term. Some propaganda good, some propaganda bad. Propaganda that claims to be neutral, generally bad. Um, 
uh, for for reasons we will get to um, at some point in life. However, so the nature of how ordinances and resolutions are passed in city council meetings is that things are given first readings, and then at the next meeting, they are given second readings. So when something is given a second reading, it is then able to be voted on and passed or um, done away with. Now, in all of my watching of city council meeting uh, meetings, because once again, this most recent um, city council meeting, despite it being four days after the fact when I watched it, um, failed to include meeting minutes and also failed to include captions on the video. Um, and also when you click on it, uh, the Lex TV people who had it put together, not to be too hard on the boys, they do their hardest, um, but the first five minutes were like um, yoga tricks, like yo- like a yoga thing for the senior center. Oh, they My like apologies. forgot to they forgot to switch uh, the feed. Um, well, it's not that they forgot to switch the feed. It was just like the time was offset. It's clear they just took like a chunk out of their live feed and uploaded that chunk uh-huh. there. I'll say this: it took us 14 minutes into watching. You have to skim ahead 14 minutes for the January 14th meeting video in order to get to the actual meeting. Cause they did have some audio issues, issues as well, but that's fine because the city council waited to meet until the audio issues were resolved. Thank God. Um, if, if that's a sign that they're not totally evil because if they were totally evil, they would have just been trucking along. Um, and just, just uh, flagrantly violating the rules of broadcast. But you know, anyway, um, they were two major, um, well, that's not true. There's a, there were um, there were four kind of major second readings that were given. Two were actual second readings, um, which is uh, they're approving funds for the maintenance of the Tate Building and the Carnegie Center. Um, and then there were two other second readings that were given that um, at the end of the first reading um, of all the first readings, you get to um, ask for suspensions of rules to allow a second reading right then and there so you can vote to pass on it. Um, resolution 13 was read for a second time and resolution 31 was read at the second time at behest of councilman James Brown, uh, 13 just hires as, um, confirming the appointment of a bunch of people, which is fine. Um, and 31, and this is an interesting one. It literally says, um, on the, on the, uh, agenda, um, a donation of a Ford van and generator. Um, and this is from the Citizens Police Academy Alumni Association, um, which I got to learn. I get to learn a little bit about that. Only good things can come out of this. Yeah, right. Um, so the Citizens Police Academy is literally like if you're over 18, you can take it. It's like a 10 week course and it's like an advanced ride along for cops. It's for people that are curious about being cops to learn how to be cops um, oh, they have one of these for firefighters, too. Yeah, except unlike firefighters, um, cops are bad. Firefighters um, are actually useful. Firefighters are, are legends and heroes who all deserve as many PS4s as we can donate them or whatever the gimmick is to do with firefighters. Um, but the Citizens Police Academy is full of people um, who uh, are on the edge about becoming a cop and want to do a ride along and they're like, Oh man, um, I guess I won't, but I have been just filled with 10 hours of copaganda. Um, which is what that is. So there is an alumni association. So imagine like a fraternal order of police, but just for people that have gone to the citizens police school, um, truly a heinous organization. Um, if I can think of one, um, and they want to donate to the police department, 
a quote unquote Ford van and generator unquote. Um, like, so whatever that could be for some reason, James Brown really felt it in him, um, to, uh, sort of fast track the giving more of more items to the police, which is interesting. And we'll get to this point later, but I don't know if you've been awake for the last year, but there's this <laughs> been this saying going around call, um, about, about, a, a defunding the police. Um, uh, I think I've heard of that. I think it's, yeah, I like caught it once or twice, like, I guess like on Twitter or something. I don't know. We'll get back to it. I, I guess it's kind of like a, I don't know. I, I don't think it's that big of a, a saying. I don't think that many people are saying it. It's an underground uh, movement. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't even, you know, defund the police. Like, I don't even know what the words defund and police even mean. Um, I mean, I think, I too think the police should have less fun. Yeah. Ex- yeah. You know, it's. Defund the police is a nebulous term that no one in city government really knows what it means. It's a mystery. It could be anything. Um, It's just not clear enough. Yeah, slash S or whatever. (laughs) Um, So first readings of ordinances and resolutions. Here's some notable ordinances that were read. Um, I've grouped this into the one. There are multiple ordinances um, about rezoning multiple locations from everyone's favorite agricultural urban zoning, which is the generic zoning that everything in the city defaults to if i remember how zoning works correctly into various places like um there's one that went from agricultural urban to i1 industrial one and then there's one that went to a sort of like mixed use b1 and r1t which is um uh, i've put in captions here t for terrible because it's townhouses but you can't you can only have 12 of them connected so there's a hard in the zoning law. There's a hard cap on R1 buildings. You can only have twelve of an R1s of like townhouse connected, and you can't have multiple levels. Every multiple level has to be of the same residence. If I remember this correctly, I'm sure. Who writes this stuff? I don't know. I'm sure. Listen, if I got any of this information wrong, obviously, um, you're the our listeners are the exactly kind of people to clock that we got something wrong. Lexlamepod at gmail.com. Yes, yes. Um, we wait. We eagerly await. Um, to hear from you about what you have to say about if R1 is good, actually. Um, which, sure, we'll, we'll wait to hear that one. Here's a mysterious resolution, which sort of, um, I guess, goes to show how little I truly understand about uh, internal city politics. Um, and this is just a quote from, from this resolution. Um, Requiring the budget to reflect current requirements for municipal expenditures. I look at this and I go, well, duh, right? But what does, I don't, I'm, I'm, I 100% believe there's things I'm not, that I'm not, that I'm not reading into that I should be um, from this. Just from reading this, I get the impression that there are municipal expenditures that don't make it into the budget and they're updating the budget to reflect those expenditures. Yeah, deeply, I... I'm going to keep a close eye on this very benign and probably just totally normal ordinance. That's that just a, a backdoor for, uh, for everybody in the city council just to get extra money or something. Yeah. This probably. is where they're, this is where this is actually that ordinance inexplicably is how they get the adrenochrome, um, out <laughs> or something or whatever. Anyway, um, another ordinance that was out there for the first reading was, um, the extension of vacation days, so if you had vacation days saved up from 20, the year of our Lord 2020 that you were just, you know, didn't get the chance to use for some reason, um, congrats. You now have till December, uh, like January 2022 to use those vacation days. So 
if 2021 looks good, you're going to get double vacation days to use. Ooh, for all the traveling you're going to do. Very exciting. Yeah, for all that, all that post-vaccine travel you could get to. Um, notable first readings of resolutions. Um, this is this is pre- this is a premium. Um, the E nine one one center is getting um, at no, and this is in, they said this explicitly in the notes here in the agenda at no extra, at no cost to the government. They are getting um, Compass Group food vending, and ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if you've ever had the pleasure, the certain sort of hell it is to get food from the Compass Group before. Um, but as someone who briefly attended a university whose um, entire student center was being fed by the Compass Group, um, um, all I can say is that our E911 operators um, deserve, like, you know, complimentary uh, counseling or something for this decision um, for the city council to even consider uh, chucking the Compass Group at them. But anyway, uh, uh, speaking of more cop-related things... Um, cops are going to get fiber internet. Congrats. Now they can, now they can search us, uh, triple the speed, um, at no more than $199, wait, $1,999 per month. Um, spectrum internet will be upgrading the cops's fiber. Um, if this resolution passes, uh, we'll be upgrading from copper to fiber. So welcome to the 21st century cops, I guess. Uh, Dang! They know they need to be put on the uh, on the thirty megabit plan, mm-hmm. and just have to live with it. Yeah, they're gonna they have to live like we do. Um, that could be an interesting way for any of those people who are um, who we radicalized into running for city council at the beginning of this podcast. If you could get a resolution that forces the cops to just share thirty megabits a second down or whatever, that could have remarkable um, material improvements upon the people of this city. I'll just say that. We'll de-radicalize the cops. Yes, exactly. They won't be able to go to their um, racist Facebook groups anymore or whatever. Yes. Um, anyway, uh, Resolution 17, um, for no more than $200, we're going to add signs and prohibit through trucks on southbound Kentucky Avenue um, because apparently the right turn onto Euclid is too much for those uh, 18-wheelers. And um, it's a thing we can just do. Uh, there was like, we're, per- we're prohibiting them, and then at the very end they're like, um, the signage required must not exceed $200. It's so interesting how they, like, there is a, there is a world, I don't know, I'm, it's so confusing to me, not confusing, but just interesting that they just put limits on the amount of money it can spend. They don't, it's like, it may already made it as a resolution. Why not have someone at traffic engineering just, like, budget out how much it's going to cost instead of just ballparking it? <laughs> but I don't know. Um, they got to get a quote. Right, so if it only costs a hundred bucks, congratulations, city. We have a we have a surplus, I guess. Um, it's all strategic. I didn't include this in the show notes, but I'm going to say it anyways. There is there was a resolution that just was going to just change the name, the addresses of certain buildings, and that's so wild to me that city council just has the power to do that, and yet they claim not to have the power to suspend um, evictions. But whatever. Um, uh, an, Resolution 18 answers a question that I had um, a few episodes ago, um, which was, of course, could I just donate money to a government institution that I want to? Yes, the Greer family, the Greers of White Greer Maggard, the um, one of the many orthodontists or agencies that uh, controls this town. Um, the uh, the Greers have donated $125,000 to install a dog park um, in Veterans Park. So... 
Congrats to all suburban Lexingtonians in the South. You now have a dog park at Veterans, um, which is, you know, cool, I guess. Uh, Resolution 22, this will let the State Board of Elections to uh, give the county clerk CARES money to pay them back for all the hard work they did in the 2020 election. Um, Good work, county clerk, I guess. Um, Now, doubling that number to Resolution 44, this is um the possibly the biggest resolution um that I came across on this one that the one oh, that I take no. the most issue with the Kentucky Department of Homeland Security wants to give the Lexington Police Department $5000 to buy drones right and this once again ladies and gentlemen I would like to remind you of this little phrase that's been that was quite popular this summer um on the very streets outside of the government building in which they meet um that we explicitly wanted to stop giving our police department money, right? The people spoke. The people said, defund the police, right? And um, the city council, um, everyone, every single city councilman, like they do with every other vote, voted unanimously to approve to give the police department $5,000 more to buy unmanned aerial vehicles. Gee, thanks, those people can speak all they want, but the city council doesn't have to listen. Yes, exactly. They do not. This is why um, only once uh, people that are loyal to like their fellow man are in council, um, we will we will continue to see nonsense like this. Uh, and then finally, um, resolution forty six. Uh, there's CARES Act emergency money, which goes to the rental assistance um, fund, which is twenty five million dollars, which is a lot of money, and I spent many times rereading it because I'm like, surely I'm reading that wrong. Surely it can't be $25 million, but I assure you it's $25 million. It's going to the rental assistance fund. Um, this is a lot of money that Lexington has been given. And yet, um, despite this, they still can't use a penny of it to, uh, to stop, um, evictions from happening, but neither here nor there. Um, at the end of these things, um, at the end of the resolutions, cause after the first readings happens, that's when those suspension of rules happened that we went over earlier to, um, fast track the police donation and the uh, hiring, um, resolution. We get to fire and police discipline. Um, and our chief of police comes out onto the webcam and he says, um, and, and he gives a update on the discipline reports filed against police officers and what the actions they have taken, right? Um, I, interestingly enough, learned nothing from this because he exclusively will read off these certain codes and numbers and things that they violated and not actually explained on the public record what the police did wrong in layman's terms. And seeing as I know nothing about how cop law works or whatever, it's not like I could even have a, uh, have a, um, a book on hand to even look up what the numbers were. And because there's no transcript and because there's no meeting minutes and because it's not on the agenda, um, I couldn't even get the spelling of these guys' names immediately down because I had to just listen to the guy over the webcam by ear pronounce these guys' name at, like, you know, bullet speed because he just, you know, rattles through these things as fast as possible. And um, they're all all three cops that were talked about were all internal reports that were filed in a mid November, late November um, in regards to uh, pursuit, um, pursuit, driving pursuit 
um, which it's possible that they were all related in the same part. Once again, he was not particularly forthcoming on this, on the um, exact details of any of this. He simply listed their names, a bunch of numbers, and then vaguely says uh, driving with pursuit um, related thing or something like that. And then he says, um, we're giving these people a 40 hour um, suspension unpaid. And then um, you're going to get uh he says they're getting 30, 30 days of um, home fleet suspension, which I assume means you can't drive your cop car home and park it in your driveway, which is fine. In my opinion, you shouldn't be allowed to do that anyway um, because uh, you're just a guy who works at a job. You're not a, you're not a cool firefighter guy who gets to live with your cool cars. But that's just me, once again, just me. Um, and uh, people were fine with this. Um, the city council has to approve the uh, approve the suspensions, um, the discipline. The city council, in theory, could go, no, you need to go harder. But it's obvious that unless there's some documentation that city council people are privy to that explains to them the nature of those these violations or whatever, um, these people know just as much as I do. And they're just saying, yep, that's good. Um, once again, I have yet to see. I don't even know what would happen if you voted no to one of these things, like literally, especially when we go to the, when they go through the resolutions of second readings, you don't vote on a per resolution basis. You vote on the whole block and it's not explicitly said that you vote on the whole block. They just say, do we vote? And they say, yes, I don't even know if you're allowed to vote on one individually. I feel like with the knowledge that I have of city council, which I would say is well above the average of your average Lexingtonian, right? If you were to just uh, magic me onto the council, like in the meeting of the minutes, and I was like, oh, because I don't want this to happen. I don't even know if I would be allowed to vote no on it. I don't even know if I would be breaking the rules of how the voting works because it's simply so mysterious and because it simply never happens that a council person will vote no. Even if, if you were to pin them down and hold them at gunpoint on the street corner and be like, what do you really think about giving the cops $5,000 more? Hannah Legree, um, board member of Civic Lex, would probably say, I think that's a bad thing. As someone that, um, and you know, like, whatever. It's like total failure of this discipline section. It's a total failure to uh, give any clear understanding to anyone of the kind of offenses that our own police officers have committed. And as a result, um, it allows the uh, police department to issue their own disciplinary actions, um, which means that uh, they're, you're, letting, you're letting the uh, military you just defeated prosecute their own war crimes trial. Change my mind. Um, demand police accountability, folks. Demand police accountability. If you're listening to this, do if that's the least you do. Yes. Demand police accountability. Simply, let me say this. Your city council people are not doing a whole lot with their day. Simply give them a call and ask them, hey, at this meeting when you voted on this thing, did you know what, you, did you know what the circumstances were? And if they say yes, ask them, can you tell me? And if they tell you, say... Was that? Do you think that was the right sentence? Um, and if they say yes, just yell at them. I don't know. Ask them kindly to 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 you know get a spine. I don't know. Whatever. Um, Send them some calcium supplements. Yeah. Speaking of accountability, however, <clears throat> Councilman Blesdo, um, who has part of the uh, um, uh, Clay's Mill, her, their district overspans part of Clay's Mill on the inside of New Circle, which has been going under a very lengthy expansion project, lane expansion project, which um, takes it from a two-lane road to a three-lane road that has a uh, independent left turn, which I will agree um, 
in this case, I think adding the extra lane, and maybe this is heresy for saying this on this podcast, but I think it was probably for the better. As someone that went to that evil school, that evil Lexington Catholic high school, who had to make left turns on Clay's Mill every day, um, a dedicated left turn lane would have made a lot of things better, both for me as a left turner and for everyone just trying to go past the school and not get caught in 30 minutes of traffic. Um, we just need to make every intersection in Lexington a diverging diamond intersection. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that would be something. Um, or we could just go for roundabouts. That would be also or awesome. Or roundabouts, uh, too. Honestly, it wouldn't really be an issue if um, you just people just didn't drive cars. But that's, a, that's neither here nor there. Um, anyway, well, what was up with the Clay's Mill project is that the contractor that was working on it had a diversion, um, which is where they sort of play you know, God with the lanes to move people around. Um, and... Uh, there was many complaints because it was apparently too bumpy or something. It was not up to snuff. Um, so Blesdo publicly apologized, and she said that it will be reverted back to its previous state as soon as the asphalt plant is open. So I guess the asphalt plant is out of commission. We're going to control Z on Clay's Mill. Yeah, we just a little control Z on the Clay's Mill pro- construction project. I don't really know what's going on because, like, obviously the roadwork still needs to happen. I don't know. I've driven on the Clay's Mill thing. It's fine. It's no worse than any other. Listen, as someone that lived on by Euclid Road for nothing a, a lot of their life, Euclid. That was yeah. Horrible. Like, who cares if Clay's Mill is bad? I'm so sorry. These uh, these elitists, um, you know, South suburbanites in Lexington um, mm-hmm. don't know what it's like to drive over a bumpy road. So was, but, we've been we've been battle hardened over here in District Three. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> um, However, it's like cool to see at least some aspect of at least the performance of accountability, um, which, you know, that's it's something. Um, and with that, with that sort of wild tirade, um, I, I yield my time um, and we will uh, be back after these messages. We'll be back. We'll be back. too lame today we are the lexington archaeopteryx marxist experience i am aaron i'm jenry we're doing the whole intro again we are because we didn't do it at the beginning yes we did oh we didn't say their names oh man we didn't no damn um so that's yeah i am talking right now i'm aaron and I'm talking right now. I'm Jenry. We probably didn't say our names because we were so worried about the flack we were going to draw That's publicly right. accosting every single city council person. Well, now that now that all the offended people are gone. Yeah, now that now that Hannah Agree was so personally enraged by this that she just she canceled the podcast. Um, we're going to talk about um, some interesting things happening over on uh, Mountain Parkway. Um, but before that, kind of to to I guess close up, um, finish finish the last. Uh, of the of the cop discussion from mm-hmm. last time. Yes. Um, you know, I, I bike to work every day, mm-hmm. and uh, I bike through downtown. And so uh, on Monday, Martin Luther King Day, mm-hmm. um, literally every single intersection was a cop car, and mm-hmm. I didn't realize it at the time that there was a march happening. 
um, the classic uh, Lexington MLK Day march, which is actually a really big deal. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, they were just all over the place. Um, the cops were just waiting for, uh, I don't know, I guess something to break out, but um, I would that was not appreciated. Uh, too many cops. Um, so uh, I don't know. That's, that's, that's all I had to say about that. No, yeah, no. Um, my apologies for not letting you get that in on the relevant side of the show. Um, but since it, I do have a final comment to say, um, I realize that the uh, sort of sky, size and scope of town, especially the uh, amount of people who have the palate for listening to this podcast, the chances of like one of these people that we just like regularly just trash in this podcast hearing this is um, quite terrifying to me. Yes, um, and for that reason, I won't say where I bike downtown. <laughs> yes, and for that reason, we will once again say entirely for entertainment, except for the part about landlords. They're not government officials. They should be killed. Um, <laughs> just, uh, just a reminder, this, this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. <laughs> yes, thank you. Now, shall we, shall we commence? Let's talk about Mountain Parkway. All right. Um, all right, so um, listeners of the podcast are no stranger to the fact that I am really, really obsessed with uh, Red River Gorge, uh, Menifee County, Wolf County, Powell County, Lee County, uh, that whole area mm-hmm. over on Mountain Parkway. Exit 33, gotta love that place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the newest happening over in the gorge is that they are going to be building a resort. Um, it's going to be a resort that uh, addresses the need um, that apparently our state parks could not fulfill, and that is uh, high-ticket hotel rooms for uh, very rich people. This is a private venture? This is a private venture, um, although it's being, it's being run by the uh, county officials of <sighs> the four counties. Okay. Um, right. They have a private uh, construction company right now going okay. doing all that, but there is the... Uh, county government's organizing it. Gotcha. Um, so they have an advisory board and everything. They've got judges from each of the counties. Interesting. Um, and they're they're on the advisory board. Um, it's a very fascinating thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I would remind everyone before we go into this to keep in mind that the Hem- Hemlock Lodge is a beautiful place where you can stay already. Yes, and it's state funded. Indeed, it is fully state funded and controlled. Um, and uh, by the Kentucky Parks, which are, uh, in a lot of people's opinions, the best parks in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we are going to be kind of talking. Uh, we're, I'm going to be going over. Um, this is from the Herald Leader. Uh, this is an article by Linda Blackford. So I'm going to kind of go uh, do a little point for point um, rebuttal here over uh, an, an overview of what she talks about. Uh, so if you want to. Uh, learn a little bit more than uh than what i talk about here you can go read the herald leader um this article is entitled uh red river gorge plan would hinge on 135 million dollar luxury resort see what else it includes by linda blackford this is written in september so we're a little bit late to uh to the ball uh but that's okay uh you know better late than never Mm mm-hmm um, so this is a an 890-acre project right off of the exit, uh, right off of exit 33. So um, this guy has uh, like given uh, the government or the, the developers, um, he has all this land. There's some arches and stuff, pretty cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a they have a video with the property owner, and he talks about how. Um, Doing doing this is a service for the community. Oh my god! 
um, he's talking about how, uh, I mean, and to, to, to be fair, his, um, one of his arguments is that, um, that area in, um, Powell Wolf County, they're one of the poorest counties in the country. Mm -hmm. Um, His his resort will be teaching the fine people of Wolf County to code or something. His resort will be, uh, employing the fine people of, uh, Wolf and Powell County. Oh, perfect. Um, and, um, well, uh, first of all, uh, let's let's just kind of break down this argument here. Um, so he's so he's ceding his uh, his natural land, all right, to to be developed by this private company. Mm-hmm. Um, as he's he's at the beholden of whatever they want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so this the a governmental advisory board basically um, he gave their he gave like the the rights or whatever to them. So they're just kind of doing whatever they want. Yeah. Um, and so the, the main argument here is that, uh, you're going to get more service economy jobs, um, which I guess would technically be true. Um, but the thing is they're going to be like, uh, like service economy jobs. So no non-union, um, very stressful. And, uh, one of the fears here is that, uh, we're going to have a, like a suburban, or rural, not suburban, rural gentrification. Yes. Um, because I mean, what good is uh, what good is being employed in uh, you know in uh, in that area if uh, property values go up by like twenty five times? Exactly. It's going to be like the people who live in that area, who the people who work there are going to, um, despite the fact that they also get you know paid you know next to nothing and have no benefits, will then also have to drive an hour to work or something on a two lane highway, no matter the weather conditions or whatever. Right, and then they yeah. have to uh, then they have to pretend to be happy. Yes, they have to be pretend to be happy for these uh, these people who want to give a um, who who want to experience the outdoors, but like not that much. Right. So um, this uh, this resort um, comes with a whole slew of things, with all the bells and whistles. We've got uh, 180 rooms, a spa, a distillery, several oh cottages God. and houses, and the destruction of forest land. Uh, so everything you would want in a resort. It's like, what is like, can we give up? We already have distilleries. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's like, it's not even, this is not even in like the place where you can make bourbon, right? Like if I, the Appalachia just simply that you're thinking they're, they're thinking too East for the bourbon distillery tourism. No, but we're in Kentucky. So anywhere is good for, you're right. Especially if you're appealing to like, you know, anyone, they'll be like, sure. I'll come see a distillery. Um, Jesus. And obviously, obviously the market, uh, for this is non Kentuckians. Um, and they actually said that in their presentation, they gave an hour and a half long presentation over zoom. Exactly. Because Kentuckians aren't this dumb. Yeah. Only, only, only people, only those fools in like Ohio. Maybe Northern Kentucky people. Yeah, that yeah. They were disconnected from the rest of the state. I appreciate your willingness to throw the people. In Northern yes, Kentucky I will throw my people under the bus. Yes, this um, makes makes me personally very, very brings a grin to my face. Uh, so this whole thing comes with a new gorge branding. Oh my god! Um, they've hired a graphic designer. No. Uh, and so um, I, I don't have it uh, up right now, so I don't have it to show you, but um. It's about as dumb as you would think. I'm. I mean, I don't know what the current Gorge branding is, but I'm just assuming it's like, you know, New Deal era. Um, no. Um, it is actually uh like incredibly um, like new. It reminds me of like the Creation Museum. Oh no. Um, like that kind of logo. Oh, my um, God. although I'm struggling to um pull it up quickly here on Google. Yeah. Um, oh, well. so uh, I'll we'll have to show that off off pod. 
Um, it's it's just not good. Um, it's very cartoony. Oh um, my God. And uh, they have, uh, quote, natural colors that you would find in the gorge. And there are only two colors in this logo, uh, sandy brown and orange. Like, are they are they assuming it's just permanently the fall in the gorge? Uh, I think they're talking about the rock, the rock shelters and the rock faces. Yeah, it's orange. That really is. We have that much iron in our rock. Uh, evidently so. Um, according, according to the graphic designers. According to the graphic designers, um, and they have they have uh, t-shirts and everything already printing. Oh, so no. Um, they are. They really want. Uh, they really want to increase the marketing of the gorge area. So uh, it's starting, folks. The commodification of uh, of Kentucky's uh, like one of Kentucky's last remaining uh, hidden gems. Like, it would be fine if the commodification had any upsides to, like, our material lives. You know what I mean? Right. But it's like, this is, oh, this is truly evil. Well, I mean, this isn't even really the start. This is more kind of like the beginning of the end. Yeah, you're right. For this that. is the closing maneuvers. Um, and then, yeah, wait for uh, Slade is going to become, uh, like, uh, Pigeon Forge. Oh. We're going to have Dollywood in uh, in Menifee County. Um <sighs> Your your pod, your side of the podcast was supposed to like bring us out and up. It was supposed to be the uplifting. So, my doomer. This is just more doomer. This is just doomer. <laughs> this is more. This is like. I, I, <laughs> anyway. I mean, on on the upside, um, there is some potential for uh, the gorge. They're trying to petition for the gorge to get natural or national park status. Would um, this be better? Would this be good? Um. Yes and no. Okay. Um, it would be better because uh, they would get more funding. But it would be bad because the damn feds would be here now. It would be bad <laughs> because uh, the masses would be here now. Yes, because it's a national park. Huh. Yeah. Well, um, whatever what, whatever must be done to save the gorge. Yes. But back to the, uh, yes, speaking of saving the gorge, all right. Uh, <laughs> Um, some of this, some of this, uh, some of their plans here are interesting. Um, they have, uh, they have some self-imposed, uh, limits here for what they can and can't do. Gee, I'm so glad they're showing restraint. They're showing restraint. Yes. Our, our benevolent project developers. Um, we have, uh, they're going to be lead energy certified. Um, they're planning to also get dark sky association certified. This is like proving that they don't do light pollution. Yes. Okay. Um, and they're going to have like, basically what that means is they put like little things on the top of their light so that the light doesn't go in the sky. Well, that's nice. Um, but uh, light is light. Mm hmm. Um, so they're, and they're trying to be, they're trying to be sustainable. Okay. Uh, one of the things they were talking about was, um, the, they're charging more money for the room. The rooms are 300, going to be 350 a night. <laughs> Okay. All right. And uh, with that, you're gonna be uh, financing their sustainability efforts. Um, it shouldn't, which are undefined. Yeah, it's like uh, it, hotels are inherently non-sustainable things. Like I would be really <laughs> hard pressed to find a truly like sustainable hotel. Um, and the fact that sustainability is a perk that you have to pay more money for is also um, terrible. Uh, yeah, simply uh, at this in 2021 with sort of the uh, clock running out on um, us not all burning in the great fire. Um, sustainability is sort of a requirement, not a fun feature you pay more for. Right. Um, but, but no, it's OK. We'll have a spa. 
yeah, right, we'll have a spa full <laughs> that just in the it, distillery. We'll have a spa that requires all these, you know, horrible petrochemicals right. to keep clean um, um, and whatnot. And the yeah. distillery to exist. Not to mention the destruction of uh, natural habitat. Yes, of course, right? Something that um carbon taxes can never solve. Um, and just to be clear, the area that they're proposing is, um, while it's right next to Mountain Parkway, it's pretty much forested. Mm-hmm. Um, so they would basically be like getting rid of all of that. Yeah. Um, although there are there are some, I guess, potentially good news um, coming through, and that's that uh, Natural Bridge Hemlock Lodge is planning to be improved as a result of this plan. Yeah, which is awesome because it's already literally perfect. It is already um, so it's, literally it's, perfect. The Hemlock Lodge can literally only be better. Um, um, can, well, can only like become more truly the best destination on Earth. Some of their plans include, um, and I think these are tangible benefits, mm-hmm. um, is fixing Hoedown Island. Oh, yeah. And the dam. That's awesome. Okay. Because that dam there sucks. Yes. Um, and they said it doesn't work. <laughs> uh, they openly admit to their infrastructure not working. Yeah. Um, and so uh, they're going to try to fix Hoedown Island, and they're going to try to... Uh, I think they might be just getting rid of it, uh, no. if I, but don't quote me on that. Well, that's a, I mean, that's one way to fix a problem. That's one way to fix a problem. Yeah. Um, so that's, I guess that's one positive, is that they're going to try to do some improvements on Hemlock Lodge. Not that there needs to be any improvements it's on Hemlock Lodge. It's literally perfect. I'm waiting, everyone wait around for the bonus episode where we just do the podcast from the Hemlock Lodge dining room. Oh my gosh. That's that would the, be... Oh my, oh, don't put any ideas into my head. I know, every time we think about Hemlock Lodge, I'm just like... I don't know. I'm, I, maybe just because I'm like deeply nostalgic because I used to go there all the time as a kid. But like, I'm just like literally. I so I've never actually like stayed at the Hemlock Lodge. Okay, I I've, think that's something I have to do. I've never stayed at the lodge, but I've stayed at the cabins. Mm, okay. um, and the cabins are something you just have to experience. Um, <laughs> they are uh, wood paneled, wood ceiling. Yes. Wood floor. Oh, that's perfect. You're surrounded by wood. Well, perfect. The whole thing is wood. It's amazing. It's the best experience you could possibly have at the Gorge. Um, and they're trying to take this away from us with their $135 million resort with spas, distilleries, and uh, rural gentrification. Yes. Um, so this is yet another plan to, quote, save eastern Kentucky. Um, so uh, we'll see if this one actually goes through and we'll works. We'll see if it actually gets saved or not. If it actually gets saved. Yeah. Um, although notable mention here to App Harvest... Uh, I don't know, Jenner, if you've heard of App Harvest. I'm unfamiliar with App Harvest. App Harvest is a fascinating, uh, fascinating um, endeavor, uh, which uh, Andy Bashir actually talked about a little bit in his State of the Commonwealth. Oh. Uh, I've talked to these people a couple of times um, throughout my career uh, as <laughs> as a student, um, and uh, they they have a fascinating, um, I guess, mission and philosophy. They are uh, providing jobs to Eastern Kentucky mm-hmm. by uh, constructing very large greenhouses. Oh, wicked! Um, and they just finished. Either they just finished, um, or they've been finished for a while. They've had a, a green sixty-acre greenhouse in uh, Moorhead or nearby Moorhead. Indeed. Um, and the effort uh, or the goal there is to provide Eastern Kentucky food deserts with fresh food. That's awesome. One of my uh, personal fantasies I had in high school was just um, moving to um, Moorhead, pretending to be a professor and just having a greenhouse. So I'm glad to see that App Harvest is literally making this a reality yes. for me. 
Um, I can't wait to make. I can't wait for us to have the first um, podcast sponsored rural greenhouse. Uh, yeah, so it's sixty acres. Happening. That's a lot of acres. That's a lot of acres indeed. Um, so App Harvest is looking pretty good, but we're not talking about App Harvest. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll see if this resort goes down the way of App Harvest or so many other Eastern Kentucky uh, fix them up plans. Indeed. Um, so those those are endless. Uh, yeah. We spent all day what talking we, about those. What if we just gave the Apple Shop more money, huh? <laughs> I know we're we're at, this is a we're at danger of we're at danger of just becoming a, a full fledged. Um, Ish, uh, Appalachian issues podcast, despite <laughs> neither of us living in Appalachia, um, but <laughs> <laughs> it's an important. Uh, I mean, we'll leave that to the trillbillies, but uh, it's, yeah, we're, it's we're stepping topic. on the Whitesburgites territory. Well, you know, and uh, and uh, like Campton and Slade, that's kind of the border. So I feel like it's uh, like the border of the trillbilly territory and our territory. Indeed, we can mark it clearly. We we had a we we had a late night call with the trillbillies, and we're like, look. We'll give you all of this. We'll even get you, give you Danville, but you gotta let us have the gorge. This yes, is, it's too dear and even dear to our hearts. Yes. Um. So I, uh, you know, Trillbillies, uh, if you're listening, uh, why? But also, uh, if you're listening, give us an email. Yeah, I was about to say, I was like, don't be under any, don't have any delusions, audience member, that we actually. This is sarcasm. These guys are too busy with their own lives to care about yes. two other two other Lexington two other idiots. Lexington idiots. Yeah. Um but um yeah so we'll see we'll see if this um if this resort goes uh down the down the toilet or if it actually is successful. Mm-hmm. Um right now I think the biggest one of the bigger employers of uh Slade is Miguel of Miguel's Pizza. Oh yeah, um, of course, Mr. Miguel. His uh, his uh, Slade Empire, Dude is property si- empire, single-handedly keeping the economy of Slade County alive. Is that and say. then the uh, and then the feed the feed the live goat on the roof next to our <laughs> yes. Red River barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Those are uh, single-handedly keeping the Slade economy afloat. Yeah, um, those in, are your gods, ladies and gentlemen. Be aware. Yes. Um, so what does this mean for the gorge? Um, simply put, I think people need to go home, uh, stay at home so I can hike by myself. Um, there's things called city parks. Uh, you should go check them out. Yeah, go there instead. Um, why don't you all go to Chicago? It's a city of parks. Um, leave us alone. Woodland Park. Woodland Park and is in, great. In Lexington. If, if you want to come all the way out to Lexington to find a fine city park, look no further than Woodland Park. Look no further than Raven Run. Yeah, Raven Run literally, literally within the city limits or within the yes. county limits. It has everything you need. It's the trail is just long enough. You don't even want to walk all of the gorge. I know who, I know you the type. I know the type. You don't want to walk all of the gorge. You want to walk just Raven Run. Wasn't that a great day? And then I oh, can't wait to do that in two years again or it's whatever. Andy Bashir approved. Oh, Andy Bashir likes it? Andy Bashir goes there all the time. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. That's lovely. Um, did so, Andy Bashir walk in our MLK run, MLK walk, or where did he go? Because I saw photos of him walking on the MLK march, but I didn't know mm, which city. Um, Maybe Frankfurt had one. It's possible Frankfurt had one. Uh, I, I was know. not. It's, I'm not privy to uh, where he was walking yesterday. Indeed. It's so easy, by the way, for all those people in Frankfurt. Um, just know that the uh, Lexingtonians just view you as another, as just Georgetown too. So be very. All we're saying is be very afraid. Um, of just becoming another exurb like the rest of them. It's happening. It's literally happening. I mean, there are people that will literally commute from Lexington to Frankfurt like they're insane people. Yes. Um, 
Actually, yeah, my uh, my aunt does that. Yeah, uh, she's been doing that for uh, longer than I've been alive because she works at the uh, attorney general's office. Jeez, I, ladies and gentlemen, I've been commuting from Lancaster to Lexington, um, like maybe like twice a week or whatever for the last few months, and um, it will kill me if I keep doing it um, for much longer. So, more power to you if you have the ability to sit in a drive a car backwards and forwards you know for two hours a day or whatever yes. well she also drives across the state as part of her job okay well so this is this is nothing this for is her, nothing for her. yeah but um that's really all i have to say about the uh the red river gorge um uh, resort uh they have a new uh they have a r-r-e-d um that's their kind of uh title which i think R-R-E-D. is like r-r-e-d recreation i believe it's like recreation at the red um, although okay, that's, don't, uh, do not quote me on that. Uh, uh, Red River Economic Development, Jesus. LLC. Um, and so, uh, yeah, nothing but fun times await for the gorge. Um, and it's, uh, hopefully will not go the way of, uh, everything else, everything else. Um, another thing to look forward to though, is they're going to be building a bridge over mountain parkway. Wait, to g- they're going to be building a bridge from, uh, I think it's uh, 77 uh-huh. um, over Mountain Parkway <laughs> to this resort. And so the, this, they're having a symbolic gateway into eastern Kentucky because there's going to be two tunnels over Mountain Parkway oh now. Oh, my God. Uh, but the bridge is going to be a uh, it's going to be like a living bridge. Uh, so they're going to be putting plants and stuff on it, well, so they can nice. let like the deer and stuff commute. Yeah, I'm glad to see that they um, there's at least some tacit acknowledgement of um, our impact. But build all the living bridges you want, ladies and gentlemen. It will not stop. It will not undo the sins that you commit. Is all that's right. That. Um, but uh, unfortunately, it looks like it's happened again. You've wasted another perfectly good hour listening to lame. We keep getting you with this one. <laughs> Our uh, our esteemed uh, executive producer Charlie Carey, thank you very much for the work that you do for us. Yes, um, our uh, air quality tester is carbon dioxide. Uh, we are legally represented by the offices of Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe. Um, and even though Andy Bashir has to take another little stress walk at Ravens Run every time he hears us say it, <laughs> this is lame. <laughs>